Hi, it's DM Eric. Okay, so the show is about to start, but I want to remind everyone that we have a live show coming up. It is so soon, so soon. If you're in New York City on June 9th, you can see our faces in person. This is an all-new adventure that you cannot experience anywhere else, and you can meet up with the other party people and get hype about Stoneface. What else do you need? So, tell your friends, your family, your gamer bros, your coworkers, the people you only kind of know on Xbox Live, let them know about our live show on June 9th. You can get your tickets now at bit.ly slash join the party live. Remember, patrons get 50% off your ticket. That's bit.ly slash join the party live. Take it away, Eric. Last time on Join the Party. The party escapes from the chaos of the elimination ceremony and hides in their bathroom. As they figure out a plan, Anara remembers some advice from a fellow assassin. Anara's going to jump up onto the sink and knock three times on the door. The secret door leads to a strange attic filled with papers, documents, and ledgers, all marked by the same group, the Council of Bright. They also find a projector that plays a film from the Colosseum from many, many years ago. What another great gladiator match here at Art's Fire Hideaway. Congratulations to our winner, the Council of Bright's very own Designation 2457. Farther in, they discover a minecart hooked up to a track that plunges into darkness. Tracy and Anara are ready to go, but Johnny gets car sick. Minecart sick? I don't know, he doesn't like it. I am taking us back to the mansion if we do not slow down. The track leads to an abandoned workroom with the door slammed shut. And across the far wall are nine Warforged, and they all look like you. Lions and tigers and Warforged, oh my! Let's get the party started. The first thing you notice about this workshop is that it's extremely clean. For a secret underground warforged factory, it is so, so, so clean and organized. Like every tool has a place and a label. Every cog and gear is shined so that you can see your face in it. And the file cabinets are even alphabetized. The work chair is pushed in. Uh, There are robotic arms, like ones that you might see in a modern car factory. They're spread out at different workstations around the room, but they're placed in ways like they're at rest. Like One looks like it's leaning on an elbow, another is just kind of like lolling in the air. Even the warfords that are lined up on the wall have been cleaned and sanitized to a perfect degree, and they smell a little lemony. The only thing out of place is an empty spot of number seven. Of the things on the wall, there are different robots, so with quotes around them. There are some fully made machines that are in different states of repair. One is just a skeleton suit, which is all wood, and one shows off what armoring could look like. One has all these fake organs and eyes that are just like put onto the nervous system. And some look a lot like Tracy, but like fresh out of the box Tracy. Like no etchings, no dirt, no nothing. 
There's also some exosuits. So it's like someone opened up a Warforged to half, and then the inside, there is a small leather seat and joysticks that are only big enough for a small creature to navigate. The door that you walked in is on like the left side of the room, and the robots are on the, your right wall, and all these workstations with everything that I've described is just kind of all over the room. It's, uh, it's like the size of a bedroom. Or a workshop than you might have in a garage. All of that fits in in this kind of room? Yeah, it's very sort of put together. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't expect this from a secret, under again, a secret underground robot dungeon. That's it looks surprised. like um, if like restoration hardware was putting together a workshop to build robots, it would look like this. Like everything has its own place and is optimizing the space in which it's in. Are there a lot of superfluous like brass decorative tax on the furniture yeah like all over all over the place <laughs> and the weirdly curved arms that belong to really no design school but just extra yeah absolutely and it's all super shiny like buffed uh and you can see your reflection when you put your face close up to it am i passively sensing any kind of magic no no you're not okay i'll also want to say that tracy your danger sense at the moment is fine and I had one other question. Sure. Is there like an obvious energy source that like uh, would be like the spark? Sure. No, there is not. Mm. So Brandon and I have talked about how Warforged are put together. And the way that that works and you can put together from the different stations is at first you make the skeleton out of wood. Then you put iron and other metals to make the tendons where everything fits together. Uh, then there are tons of gears of different teeth and sizes that are like that uh, attach limbs to each other. There is a bucket just of sap, which is very important to fill in the cavities of the wood itself so that it doesn't like compromise it. And then uh, there's kind of like a bucket of just like messed with sense organs. So there's like half an eye and like an ear and like maybe a liver or what kind of looks like a liver. And then the last thing would be you need an energy source, but there is no energy source. And everything kind of fits into different compartments. Like if you were in like one of these like beautiful kitchens that you see like in catalogs, like you just pull out a drawer and there's like an entire drawer of gears. And then you like pull another drawer and there's like another one of just like eyes. And there's like a a pile of wood in one, like stacked up neatly in one corner. It's also like on Chopped when they have the food laid out and there's just like everything is just like pyramid of oranges. Yes. It's like that. Like someone put put all of this all of this organization together. Is there a bowl of oranges just for like you know a dash of color? <laughs> yeah, there's a pop of color, or just or uh, a of uh, a vase of citrus. <laughs> there's a bunch of lemons just like in a pail over to one side. They're always ripe. You said that there was like a desk area or a workbench area, like a yes. main section. So, is there any kind of documentation or any kind of you know? readable material. I don't know if you know this, but I can uh, read anything. anything. (laughs) Yeah, you go over to the workbench, and there's a a small lamp, a desk lamp. There are no papers out, but there is. it is right next to the three uh, large file cabinets. So if you wanted to root through there, you could. And it's all alphabetized if you wanted to go through. This seems like a normal file cabinet. I'm not going to open it, and everything's going to go crazy. No, it says like A through M, M through O, and then O through Z. Just what a little bonkers little. file system. M, Wait. N, and O are really bulky, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's, there's machine, is it? It's M, oh. it's M and then M, A. Because it's all machines. Fair. That's very fair. 
I'll have time to go through all of it. Sure. If there's one that I can see that has the most, and if you want me to roll, I'll roll, but like has the most obvious deterioration as in like, clearly this is the one they've looked at the most. Sure. Why don't you do an investigation? Sure. That's fair. While he's doing that, can I do a perception check to see if I notice any signs of like someone coming and going recently? Sure. Or would yeah. that be investigation? That would also be investigation, but you can investigate a different part. I have a 17 to investigate for the most well-worn, used, obvious. I have a 16 plus 5 for 21. For Hell, perfect. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, Fish, as you just kind of do a cursory glance as you pull open all the file cabinets, yeah. the top one for B is box scores. And you see m even more of these scores that you saw before with Inara. And now there are like all of these different designations are have been in these fights. Is there... I'm looking specifically for a TRHC or a PORO. No, you don't see either of them. Okay. And that's truth. And because you rolled so high, I'll tell you, it's not because you missed it. It's like they are not there. They're not there. Tracy, because of your such high investigation, you uh, go over to the far corner of the room. You have to walk by each one of the skeletons. And on the far right corner, you look up and there's a rope ladder that is furled up into a tight bundle pinned up against the ceiling and there is like a um you're seeing the other side of a secret door so it's like pressed right up against what the ceiling might look like is like a very small square that is the opening of said secret room as i'm walking over to that rope ladder i am running my fingers across the different exoskeletons and kind of feeling their materials seeing if any of them are warm or cold and then i get to the rope and i'm gonna reach up for it how far away is it? Uh, 10 feet. You could probably pretty easily grab it with the long, long arm. Yeah, I'm going to shoot my long arm up a little bit. This is the smallest long arm of the law. <laughs> Acrobatic stunt that I've done. This is like you you grabbed a broom and you're just like trying to hit at it. Yeah, it's just like I'm, it I'm trying to show off a little bit, you know? <laughs> I'd say that none of the robots or the exosuits are warm at all. They're all cold. Okay. And they all feel like you. But missing that whateverness, the that, je ne sais quoi, the that je makes ne sais, Tracy, the Johnny Sequa that got uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that got Tracy Johnny Sequa. <laughs> ah, that was very good. I'm going to be watching the entrance, by the way, as all this is going on, uh, kind of sticking with Oatcake just inside the door frame with my perception uh, focused outside the room. Sure. So as I pull down the rope, I take a quick glance over to my companions and. I don't feel quite comfortable enough to speak any words, but I make sure I make eye contact with both of them and sort of gesture up to this door at the ceiling. I'm just going to look on silently and give him an encouraging nod. Johnny's going to give Tracy the finger guns and then make a thumbs up appearance of light. And then if possible, before Tracy goes up, I would like to see if I could, if there's a file that talks about competitors that are missing or designations that are not there anymore or past successes or failures that were that are just gone now? Any reference to things that aren't there anymore? Sure. Or anything close to what is I'm Is there anything for. about the most handsome one in there? <laughs> if there is most handsome one, I would like to see that as well. Sure. Okay, I think in M, you pull the middle one out, mm -hmm. and I think that there is a, a slender section that says, like, missing, absent, and unknown. I'll take them both. So, Johnny, the machines one, like I said, is very bulky. We're talking, like... Eighth grade binder overflowing uh, all over the place, sort of huge. Could I maybe just, without looking, just take like a random part of it 
and just stuff it in my bag? Sure. I think if you can grab like a folded up blueprint that's much too large for mm. the manila folder and there's kind of like some paper stuffed in there and you just kind of grab it and you can stick it in your bag from okay. there. And then do you want to take the missing folder as well? I'd actually like to look at the missing one okay. now. I don't, yeah. It sounds good to me. So first of all, I want to say that everything that you've looked through has been stamped in either a watermark or at the top or the bottom of each document, and it says Council of Bright on it, mm. every single one. And I also want to say that these have been preserved very well, but it's these are still very old. Like the paper itself is fragile. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful with looking through. Is you're looking through an archive, basically. I, I'm I'm a man of lots of books and tomes and old documents. I'm very careful. Yeah, you t- <laughs> you put on your your plastic gloves <laughs> as you go through. I uh, I using Actually, all my you use I have, a cotton linen blend. I was about because... to say a fabric one. I have a lot of fabrics. I would rather like just quickly make something using my magics, which plastic I can... is way too harsh, my dude. <laughs> yeah, you have your bone folder to keep everything open. And I take the missing or whatever folder at the desk and I take a seat. Okay. As you pull out the rolly desk chair and you sit down on it and adjust the settings for your lumbar support. It's important. You need to be comfortable while reading. This is something that I didn't bring up when we were in the competition that not just you need a library, but you need a good place to sit. It's very important that you have. So when you pull out the desk chair. He's very old. He's he's a very old man. He's shushing himself. He's making too much noise. <laughs> As you pull out the desk chair, you stretch out your legs to um, get, you know, full, proper, upright sitting in the, sure. at the desk, and your feet kick up against something. And you look down, and there is a solid oaken chest underneath the desk with a big old lock on it. I bring the chest up onto the table. To the side where, not, not my reading area. You know, I need a good reading area if I'm going to sit and read. Like, it's important to have your space. Anyway, I'm going to get Inara's attention and motion her over so that she can take a look at what she's good at and I can take a look at what I'm good at. Sure. Yeah, and I'll walk over and I'm going to pull my lockpicking set out of my pack, sans one file, and attempt to lockpick it. It's been so long. How do you use these tools? Well, there is the curved implement and then there is a straighter implement so you stick the straight one in then you put the curved one on top of it and you try to sort of move the tumblers of the lock up and down until you feel them click and so and you shake it all about uh no you, you don't do that or the hokey pokey yeah if you shake it's it it's counterproductive kind of, uh, yeah, very you inefficient the... to turn yourself around while you're trying to unlock a lock my dude okay so and I then th- mechanically she just rolls i think you just roll for it and you add just your proficiency one. bonus your it's your dexterity plus your proficiency bonus all right not 20. Oh, my God. Yes! Yeah! Every- I am redeemed! Everything's coming up 20s. There was a trap, and you just wow. undid the trap. Eric or he's just proud of you. so dismayed. I'm... S- <sighs> we just broke his game. We just broke his game. We just broke his game. We just broke That was going to activate, like, three of the things. We were going to have to fight them all. And instead, we're just going to have a pleasant time. <laughs> And I'm so excited to have a pleasant this, time. This We're going to have just, tea. This arc is a casual romp. This is just casual time. There's express. cucumber sandwiches. That that minecart was a casual express. It was a game. Now we get to go to the spa. This is wild. Sometimes there are traps that you need to deal with. And you're just, and an arch is like, and then just like pop. <laughs> she like was the Fonz. And you just like hit it with your, that's what you did. You're the Fonz and you hit it with your hand and then it just popped open. That's correct. Oh my God. And the, the lock just like. 
The lock's like, no, after you, ma'am, please. <laughs> okay, have you ever seen a slow motion video of a water balloon popping? Yes. So you know when you when it pops, the water stays in the shape of the water balloon? Uh, so you were so sneaky with this, it's like you popped it open, and inside is a decanter. It's a nice like little pitcher uh, with a handle on it, and you see the water's like flowing from the pitcher, and it's staying in the shape of a chest, and it's just not moving. It is static. Like it's frozen in ice, but it's water. Yes. Like it's still liquid. Like you put your finger in and it's still like liquidy and wet. It's like it's suspended. Anara, this is the decanter of holy water. And it basically just creates water when you tell it to. You can use three like power words on it. One is fountain that just kind of bubbles like a water fountain and creates up to five gallons of water. One is called geyser which produces 30 gallons of water that would have gushed forth in like a 30-foot-long geyser and then does damage if you get hit from it. And there's another one that you can set it to like trap mode, where it's just like if you open it up incorrectly, it just kind of continuously flows and like drowns said person. But you can just choose a new power word for it. Like anything that involves water, you can set this to do a thing. I also want to say that the water is holy, so... Holy would be extra bad against, like, Infernal and zombies and stuff. And maybe other stuff. I'm going to put my hands on my hips, sort of cock my head to the side, and say, Mr. Sippy? <laughs> and <laughs> and now the, we have two states. Wait, wait, she we broke the silence states. of this room with the words <laughs> Mr. and Sippy. Beautiful. <laughs> and the water goes back inside the pitcher. And the pitcher is empty. I am going to uh, roll the pitcher up in my spare tunic and put it uh, in the top of my pack. Cool. Johnny, do you want? Are you still? You want to read the missing stuff? So the missing one, yeah, sure. Um, this is pretty small. It's like a few sheets. They're talking about three warforged that it, they were all chalked up to malfunction. There was one about a warforged attacking its handlers. One warforged that just disappeared. And um, one Warforge that exploded. The one that disappeared, could I read more into it? And if it has a designation number, is it possible that I could find that designation file within the... The thing is that it probably had a name, but it's like, there. it's just kind of wiped in here. Sure. like It's redacted. Like, it's a failure. They don't want to even acknowledge exactly. it. Exactly. Like, there's one thing. It was like, oh, this exploded. Too much energy. And there's a one that, like, freaked out when all these things, like, they didn't really look into them. All yeah. of the reasons are, like, kind of, like, the bullshit, like, American government, like, failed sort of things also, that you would expect. But also, like, why, if you have so many resources that you can just keep making these, invest on trying to fix a problem, it failed, you learn from it, make a new one, don't try to fix exactly. it. Exactly. They didn't really do a good sure. autopsy on what happened. Sure. Um, I would say that the one that exploded was because it was overheated by its energy source. And there, again, are sort of like vague on the energy source itself, but it seems like if you put too much into it, it explodes. So while you two are dealing with the desk, Tracy, your danger sense goes off. This is the first time you've been excited about my danger sense, and I'm very worried. Yep. And it's going off above you. Five, four, uh, Everyone three, look out! Everyone back away! Four, Get out of the door! And three, I run to the door. Two. Tracy, you want to pull them towards the door? If I feel my danger sense, it doesn't happen often, so I'm going to bail out of that situation immediately. Okay. Are you doing it just by yourself, or you're grabbing them? No, I'm yelling at them and grabbing them as I go towards the door. Cool. Maybe I turn the light off. 
<laughs> okay. I want Tracy to make a strength roll to pull you guys, and I want you two to make stealth rolls to get down. Non-natural 20. 18. Yo, we are killing on these rolls today. 15 plus 3 for 18. Hell yeah. Okay. So uh, as the hatch in the ceiling opens, Tracy yanks Anara and Johnny by the back of their clothes. And and I grab Oki by her collar. <laughs> and I recall my lights uh, back into the lantern. And I'm sad that I don't have a pet friend. And Tallahassee is still a bag. Eduardo, Bob, <laughs> Janice, and Carl are back with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tracy grabs you and uh, pulls everyone outside the door. And I think with your stealth rolls, you three are able to, like, Scooby-Doo peek from outside of the door without being seen. Nice. The hatch opens, and you see one metallic foot come down the rope, and then the other metallic foot come down the rope, and stepping down is P-O-R-O. And a P-O-R-O grabs the lip of the hatch and closes it behind them. They furl the rope ladder back up and turn towards the desk, and the desk has the open chest on it. And P-O-R-O goes, oh shit. Hey, it's Eric. There's so much uncertainty when you buy clothes online. Is it really this color? Is it really going to fit me? How green is too green? But when that weird squishy package finally arrives, the idea of clothing is concrete. You can compare your new jeans and shirt and socks to all the pieces you have in your closet and drawers. And yes, it slots right into your wardrobe. This is going to go so great with everything I own. Thank you. Welcome to the mid-roll. This short sleeve pink madras button down fits me and I'm going to wear it tomorrow. Welcome to our newest patrons, Sarah, Katie K, Emily, Alec, Iron Power Flash, Sarah H, Laura, Jeffrey, Natanya, Zane, Ramon, Kate W, Chris, and thank you to Mariko PJ and our newest VIP Bridge for upping their pledges. You are the stars in the sky and the waves in the sea. Being both is extremely impressive. Come join us on Patreon. We are chugging away and getting ever closer to our goal, a fully illustrated book of my NPC backstories. I love writing these things every two weeks and compiling all of them and having drawings for them would make my head spin. Come on over to patreon.com slash join the party to pledge as little as $1 a month to help keep the show going and growing. We want to tell you about an amazing podcast called Ars Paradoxica. This is a story about the past, the future, and the choices we can make to change both forever. If you are itching for some time travel with definitive scientific basis, this show is for you. If you want Cold War drama with spies, politics, and anachronistic pop culture references, this show is for you. If you love the work of Misha Stanton, our undying light and audio sorcerer extraordinaire, this show is definitely for you. They're closing out their third and final season, so we have plenty to binge on, and there's more than 20 hours of content with extra bonus minisodes on Patreon. Put your time to good use. <laughs> you see what I did there? And go listen to Ars Paradoxica on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We are sponsored this week by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York. 
and they have a new D&D book, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. It is bursting with new playable races and monsters, especially elves and the beasts that lurk around the Fae. They have both the standard cover and the beautiful alternate cover, and no dungeon master can miss out on this amazing new tome. It's a tome! What else do you need? It has lots of stuff in it! Head on over to 20sidedstore.com or visit them in person in Brooklyn, New York. Either way, you can use our discount code, join the party for 20% off. All you have to do is go to 20, the full word, sidedstore.com and use our discount code, join the party, all one word. Get reading, get exploring, get playing. All right, let's get back to the show. It's as if the robot is being split in twain. And the chest plate opens up with a mnemonic hiss. And a gnome with bright dyed red hair hops out and goes over to the chest. Shit, no. And is like freaking out. And immediately closes the chest and puts it back underneath the desk and puts the seat back in its proper place in the desk. And then goes into the filing cabinet and starts writing things around. Uh, hey guys, what do we want to do here? I think we should get some answers. Johnny, do you want a charm, or do you want me to, to... Well, it comes down to... You guys are very blasé for seeing a gnome hop out of a robot. I mean, it just sounds normal to me. Who's this fourth person? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Derek, the dwarf bard, who's been part of your party this whole time. Do you not remember me? Of course, Derek. You were the best, the best man at my wedding. <laughs> Derek, who can forget you and the bucket of wine, man? Classic, classic. That Derek. was definitely you. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Oakley's peeing on his foot. <laughs> I mean, we we knew this was going to happen, right? Maybe we do. We, we charm the pants out of uh, whoever this is with brute force. As yeah. in, we hold... Good cop, bad cop situation? Yeah, good cop, bad cop. I, I'm a great cop. I might be the best. But you... I was actually a cop. I shot a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Inara, why don't you stay out here? And if you have to intervene, like, we make it seem like there's only two of us, and then, surprise, there's three. Like, you know, you'll come from the shadows. You might be useful for, like, whatever shadowy biz you do. You're very scary. Let's do it. Thank you, Tracy. Tracy, That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Come in. (laughs) We. All right, Johnny, do you want to go in first? We're going together. Ready? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Johnny, Johnny should go first. If Tracy's there, I think this person's oh, gonna get really yeah, mad. Yeah, hold on. That's a bad. Oh, that's idea. a good. That's a good point. Derek. We're bad at problem solving, guys. Anara, you also have a hood that turns you into a ghost. Derek, what the fuck? I told you to leave. <laughs> Derek, get out of here. <laughs> so I go into the stand in the center of the doorway. I shoot my hands out, and on four corners of the room are four lights, and I walk in confidently, going. Well, howdy, stranger. How are you doing today? You just got to project confidence, you know? Oh, yeah. To get the job you want. That's that's uh, Dale Carnegie's 11th lesson, actually, is how to charm your... Gnome friends. Gnome friends. <laughs> how to charm friends and influence monsters. Um, because you, you've created a, a light show behind <laughs> to startle a just person. everywhere. Everywhere. The gnome like jumps two feet in the air nice. and like falls backwards against the file cabinet and like pushes themselves up against it and, sl- and tries to slam it all. Like, oh, oh, 
Johnny, I'm so glad you are here. I'm s- I was not expecting to see you here. Beep boop. What's wrong with your voice? Oh, jo- Johnny, there's nothing wrong with my voice. I'm just Detective PRO here to Oh, I'm mm. I Yeah, you're out of the suit. I'm buddy. not in the suit, am no, I? No, you're not in the suit. No. no, not at all. Uh, I I'm hmm. How about we do this all civilized like? Hi, I'm Johnny. And I reach out my hand. Hi, I'm Salmon, the gnome. That sounds fishy. But I'm bumped. So why are you pretending to be a thing you are? Where I would like to respond in kind. Where is my pitcher of water? I need that. That's important to me. Can you please give it back? Well, I gotta tell and you, I-, I don't have it. When I came in here... I, I wanted to know one thing and one thing only. How do you keep an underground cavern secret hideout like this so clean? You know, I'm constantly prestidigitating things clean, and it's tough, you know, especially in a cave-like environment. Also, what are you doing? Just what are you doing? Okay, I will answer those questions in turn. Uh, first, uh, it's a lot of cleaning solution and hard work, elbow grease. Um, What's your favorite brand? Uh... Lysol. Mm, sure, sure. I'm a fabuloso guy myself. Uh, you can only get those in the in specialty markets. I, I just go for the regular stuff they have in the supermarket. Uh, yeah, let me move forward. Okay. Um, well, you can tell I'm not a warforged. What? Yeah. And the maintenance that it takes to keep one of these old things going, um, it takes a lot. I, I start belching smoke by the end of the day. Uh, after all of the running and jumping and song and dance that I do. So I come down here and I clean the, the, the suit, the exosuit, and then I clean everything else. And it keeps me, helps me unwind. Uh, that doesn't really explain why you're doing this. Um, would you believe me if I really wanted to marry Representative Brink? No, not at all. Because that's the reason. That I'd like to roll insight. Okay, go ahead. Um, I you, only got a seven, so I believe him. Yeah, you believe him. He's like, yeah, can you, I, I got, I dyed my hair red, and I got, I tried to pierce my nose, and it didn't really work. I'm I sorry? Just, I wanted to be, I wanted to be famous on TV and marry a famous person. Um, and I, I figured, when I came in, I saw that there was everyone which just kind of like, uh, prettied themselves up and dyed their hair, and there was a guy with wings. That was crazy. Kevin Vacation, I can't step up to that guy. So, uh... Don't worry, no one can now. That was dark. You're a dark person. <laughs> um, and I... Well, the, okay, okay, I, I'll tell you. All right, let's, let me make a deal. I will tell you everything I know about this place if you promise not to tell the mud people. Oh, don't worry. I'm not a fan of the mud people myself. So, yeah, go ahead. What's up? What's the dealio, okay. yo? So, I'm I really cool wanted hip. to... I wanted to win, and I, I was messing around in the... In the gym, I was trying to like bulk up a little bit right before the, the challenges, and I, I I got like really angry all of a sudden, and I picked up like these weights that were like twice my size, and I threw them, and uh, I, I don't know what happened, uh, and they kind of clanged, like you know everything is like linoleum on the floors here, and I, the clang was strange, and I kind of got my fingers underneath, and I popped this open, and no one was looking, and I snuck down here, and it was so dusty. Oh, oh, my allergies were the worst. And I had to clean it all up because I, I can't be around that much dust. And I, I, 
no. And then I just kept going and I pulled this sheet off of all these things and it was ro robots, Warforged. I, uh, and so I figured that there wasn't going to be another Warforged around. So I, I kind of hopped in one of these skeletons and uh, I came down as a gnome that nobody would notice. And I came back as a Warforged that came out of nowhere. And um, I walked up there, and one of, the, one of the mud people came up to me and said, Hey, where did that gnome go? And I said, I don't know where he went. I am just P-R-O, robot, beep-boop. And they were like, oh, man, robot, that's great. And they thought it would be better television. And I guess they just kind of let, let it go. Can I get an insight if this story he's telling is the truth? Sure. 14. Okay. This story is true. This guy, he did it to be, he did it to be famous, and he did it to get to with Representative Brink. But the stuff about the producers not knowing about this place seems a little fishy. Fishy, like salmon. Like salmon. Yeah, Johnny, I I need you to tell me where is the pitcher. Well, picture this. Imagine a world where someone else has that pitcher. Hey, Tracy, Inara, why don't you come in here? Johnny, that was terrible! Come on, Johnny. Hi, I'm Tracy, and I don't appreciate you impersonating a Warforge. Hi, picture. I'm Inara. What will you give me to get your picture back? This picture. Johnny? This picture. No, Johnny? We, we got the pun. That Johnny. was. Oh. Okay, gonna sit on your foot. I'm gonna <laughs> uh, pet okay for good. a while. <laughs> good, it's good. Uh, oh. Hi, duplicitous friend. What will you do to get this picture back? You shared a room with us. We were polite to you. You shared our bathroom. This is how you repay us. Oh, Tracy, it's so strange to see you. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. They're a fish. Salmon. Because they're a fish. I go back to Oatcake. Okay. okay. Uh, so pleasantries are out of the question. Yeah, kind of, kind of bring that bridge, bud. I mean, pleasantries are all, good manners are always a, a, you know appropriate. I feel like people don't honor the pleasantries and politeness of I'm society. I'm gonna hold my hand out and say the word thaumaturgy. <laughs> What's that do? <laughs> to try to silence you. <laughs> That's not how that. I'm just gonna play with okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay, okay, go wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you uh, a trade. And the gnome, like, pats themselves down to, like, they're looking for something. And uh, the gnome's wearing uh, deep cargo shorts because it's hot in the exoskeleton. They, they reach into one of the pockets of their cargo shorts and pulls out a vial. And it has a red ribbon wrapped around it. And Anara, this is your lycanthropy potion. So do you remember uh... back a few sessions ago? Uh... What did you steal from me? Nothing. I will. I literally have a gun for an arm. What did you steal from me? And before Tracy finishes speaking, Inara has moved with a dagger in her hand to hold it up about an inch from the gnome's throat. Uh, make a dexterity check. Twelve. Okay. You definitely get it all up in their face, but they're not like moving to like do exactly what you want. So with my knife against her throat, I'm going to say, why is this picture so important to you? If you, uh, if you let me go, I'll tell you. Uh... Now, Nara, there will be no murdering today, this day, as I cock my gun. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't grant favors to thieves, bud. And I would like to roll sleight of hand to steal the potion from his hand. Cool. Okay. Uh, make a sleight of hand check. It's going to be pretty difficult, but I'll give you advantage because you intimidated him before this. Uh, not <laughs> This is the Chimero good roll. Everyone graduated rogue school. Mark your calendars. This day and this day should be celebrated as the good roll day. Forever. And Nara has done two legit, super amazing rogue things today. Let me add him. Where's the final boss? March 31st, 20 of the 18th. Let's do it. I tried to make it ye old. It didn't work. That was, that's not, <laughs> not how. Not that... flip day, but roll day. Roll day. They go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Rogue day. Oh. Rogue day. Forevermore. On this day, you steal things from people you love and hate. Uh, <laughs> Anara, you snag the potion out of their hand, and you also stick your hand into their other cargo pants pocket, and you pull out the book of things to come. Okay. You son of a... And I'm just going to press it against Tracy's chest so that he can hold it and hopefully calm a tad. I'm going to step in between Inara and uh, Salmon. Yeah. (laughs) Inara, Tracy, you have your belongings back. Salmon, tell me this. Why did you take my companion's things? Why do you think it's cool to do that? And why is this picture so important? Would you steal a car? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I stole them because I'm not. Uh, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. Um, okay, you know what? And I also like I'm, things. I'm really like. I'm just. You know, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, a person who was in this competition uh, annoyed me earlier. And his wings got clipped, so to speak. So how about you speak plainly with us, sir? If not, I'm gonna have to get my Eldritch on. Okay, I know, I know that it's not a good, it's not a good excuse. But like, I just, I just take things. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll be the bad boy of this season. Could I get an insight check? I'm gonna tell you, this is all motive. This is all true. They just really want to be famous. So you know nothing about this room, nothing about these warforged, and nothing about the documents here. No, uh, no, 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 no. This I, I just found it. I, I wanted to, to, to. I haven't even seen anything about robots since things in the centering. I and what would you do if you saw cool stuff and you thought it would make you look cooler? And That's what I would do. But I, I, these aren't mine. I'm not the Council of Bright. Do, do I look like the Council of Bright? Hang on. Do you know what's cooler than winning a game? What? Refusing to play. We need to get out of here. These people kidnapped our friend. Clearly you stealing our stuff. I'm going to let that one slide if you agree to help us bust the heck out of here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess the only thing you can do is use the, use the decanter. I mean, it, it's holy water. It really just kind of cuts right through the mud, people. I don't know if there's a way to, like, to, to bust out. I haven't tried to doing it on, like, actual the, the walls or in the Coliseum, but, I mean, anytime that they... I've gotten mud on, on the chassis, I just kind of, like, clean it off, and the mud just goes all the way away. It must do something to the mud people. If that works, and if you help us out and don't compromise our mission, I will return the picture to you when all's said and done, and we have our friend back. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, as long as you guys don't stab me or shoot me or pull me apart or whatever Warforge do. Well, it's I, definitely not say beep boop. I thought that that's what they did. Uh, that's what robot. Nope, robot, not even a little bit. So robots don't go beep boop. Nope. We're also not robots. We're Warforge. So Warforge don't go beep boop. Nope. Huh. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, um, sure. All right, bud. This is going to go down in the morning. And I'm going to look at my friends and say, when we go down for the breakfast buffet, we are going to try to get out of here. And you, uh, what, what's your name? I'm is it Salmon? Salmon, yeah. That's, really? Yeah, Salmon. Do, do, you, have, do you have a nickname? or? Sa- salmon. Oh, okay. It's not uh, Sal. Salmon. It's not. not. Not Sal? Not Sam? No, it's Salmon. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Listen, don't worry. I think that if we just stay here, it'll be totally fine, because the mud people definitely don't know about this place. And Tracy, your danger sense starts to go off. Guys, I think we gotta go. I'm getting the robo-shivers. And it's coming from above. Salmon tries to hop back into the robot suit, and it starts to close around them as you guys start to scramble or just brace yourselves. And if you see the hatch from above on the ceiling open up, and Representative Brink sticks her head down and says, Hey guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? What is this? Who are you? Who are we? Brink. Who am I? And as Tracy says, who am I? Just torrents of mud start to flow down through the open hatch. It just, it swallows all four of you. I am going to grab the pitcher out of the top of my pack and say, Mr. Sippy. You shoot the water out and it just parts the mud like the Red Sea. How about we talk without getting ourselves all muddy, Representative? I'm not. And she's trying to shout over the torrent of mud and be like, I'm not doing this. Well, I don't control the mud. Then tell whoever is because we're not going to play nice until then. I don't know who's doing this. Is it, it's the Coliseum. And with that, I think the geyser lasts for six seconds and the mud starts to fill in the space that the water was parting. And all four of you get swept up in the mud flow. Your turn up and down, you don't know which way is up until the mud flow stops and uh, you hear cheering and clapping and you are back in the Coliseum. And it's a night game. There's like fake stars projected up into the sky and there are stadium lights on, like placed all around the Coliseum. You hear the crowd cheering wildly again as you start to tumble down a steep slope and you stop covered in mud at the bottom of a pit. Well, I'm gonna press digitate myself clean (laughs) and I'll do the same for my companions and Oatcake for Sherzies. What do we see? Well, it's just a hundred foot circle in all directions with the mud walls on all sides. And you hear the voice of the announcer again. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to speed up our game a little bit faster than we thought. It seems like some of our players don't want to follow the rules. So we've done a little bit of cheating on our own. At the lip of the pit, you see a very large cage. And there's hooting and growling 
and all of these different sounds. There's a roar at one point, all of these different animal sounds at the same time. And the announcer continues. We were going to let them tussle with one monster, but we decided to do six. Enter the Zoo Cube! And the cage opens, and you see this massive, shimmering, sloshing, wiggling cube. As it starts to roll out of the cage, you see that each side of the cube has a different beast attached to it. Good lord. Is one just the butt of an animal? I was going to say, are they attached to the butt? Or is it like cutting out from the torso? No, it's like the front half of all of the animals are like sticking out. And then like sometimes they can switch depending on like where the, the cube is related to each other. Horrifying. The other thing is that you can still see all the things that you saw in the Coliseum. The press box is still up at the, at the top. You can even see the ledge where you did the original interviews. And the purple and gold chair has been moved to its original spot. But it's like up on top of the mud pit. It's like on a little like platform outside of the mud pit area. So I'm going to thaumaturgy because they haven't given me a mic yet. And I'm like... Our announcer here would have you think that we're cheaters who don't want to play by the rules. But you know, I don't think there's much rules when it comes down to mud. It can change its form, change its shape, do whatever it wants, really. Doesn't follow any rules that I, Johnny, know. And I care about the education of our children! I'm going to step forward and toss one side of my cloak over my shoulder, put my hand on my hip and say, Would cheaters have a dog this cute? and then hold Oatcake up on my shoulder. (laughs) They would want to sentence this dog to death and us beautiful, amazing people who are here for the representative and for your entertainment. They would have us die at the hands of this grotesque creature who they probably made like this, didn't consent to it, Whoever is running this show should face us themselves instead of hiding behind the glitz and glamour. Where is the accountability here? Of Where is the accountability of mud when it can slosh around? Are any of you here voluntarily? Do you enjoy the mud? How about we get some sky and some light? How about we get some education for our children? Okay. Where's my one-on-one date? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want Johnny and Inara to roll performance, in the higher, and we're going to take the higher one. Of you two. Ten. Uh, seven. <laughs> oh, there we go. We are a little bit disoriented. Okay. Johnny, you think that you've been doing this, like, really great speech, but it's like you're a little off from being thrown around by a mud torrent? And then I'm, a, I'm lower. I'm kind of out of sight a bit. I totally It's understand. not like it doesn't project as well. And yeah. I think that at one point, like, the acoustics, someone... It's definitely the acoustics and not what I was saying. Oh, absolutely. As, if it comes down to anything, everything I did was correct. There just happens to be a dead spot right in front of you. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah, a shame. Yeah, Mud's a really good dead. insulator. Yeah. Johnny, you see a fishing line come down from the edge of the pit. It's like a little basket. Mm-hmm. And inside is a note. Mm-hmm. And you open it up. Great. And it says, Dear Jonathan, I appreciate everything you're doing for this wonderful competition. And I'm willing to help you. And the children? This is a note, not a conversation. This is a note, it's not a conversation. <laughs> Johnny just reads and says, and the children. <laughs> and, this, and you like scan the rest of it and it says nothing about the children in there. I said, John, I think that we can do well for you here in Totopolis. 
And whatever you're spreading with this light is something that me and all of my patrons would love to uh, take on as our own. Once you get out of this terrible mess, please spend some time here on Tortopolis and teach us the way of the light. And is there anything in the basket? At the bottom of this note is a password. If you say the password loudly, then I'll know that you're committed to staying underground for two weeks under my care as you teach us how the Undying Light works and works through us and how we can do it for our own benefit. Johnny, this is a binding contract and you would not want to go against the password. Honorably yours. And then there's like a drawing of of someone going peace. And at the bottom it says, Noto Oto. The password is papaya. Casting uh, Dancing Lights, I'm going to shoot up a like thumbs up, which isn't the password, but Mm. it's a like affirmation that I received this message and I'm trying to send my goodwill that I'm considering this. Great. And the the fishing line then quickly gets pulled back up and then it comes back down and there's a microphone (laughs) attached to it. And then I'm going to take the microphone and go, where is the representative who leads this uh, city? Where is Representative Brink who would send us to our death when all we want to do is spend time with her? Representative Brink steps over and looks over the side of the pit. How does she look? Like her expression. She looks confused and I guess a little bit pained. I, I didn't... I didn't want this to happen. I just thought that you guys wanted some entertainment. And she like motions out to the crowd. If I, th- if I knew this was happening, I'm not doing this. This is the Coliseum. I don't. I can't control mud. Are you kidding? These hey, are just nice boots. Hey, hey, Brinksy. Can, can I borrow your boots? Uh, trust me. Trust me on this one. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Toss them down. Brinks like sits back on like a non-muddy part and takes off her boots and throws them down to you. I'm going to put them on. There are some boots that are a little bit big on you. They help you run through the mud. I still have the pitcher in my hand from when we got swept up in the mud torrent. Sure. And I am going to kind of upturn it and say, fountain. Uh, yeah, and the water dribbles down out of the pitcher and it just cleans the boots totally off. And again, you see the tiny compartment on the bottom of the boots. Can I open it? Yeah, give me dexterity to pop it open. Uh, 9 plus 6 for 15. You pop the secret compartment open, and inside is a very small jar. It's like it's a fusion of the rocks that you found underneath and the mud itself. So it's like someone is doing a laser light show inside of a mud puddle. And it's just shaking and rattling inside of the jar. I'm going to make eye contact with Johnny toss the mud jar up in the air and say blast it baby I'm going to channel the lantern and the undying light and cast eldritch blast as a level 3 spell focusing the light into the spell and try to get as cleansing of an eldritch blast I get two shots at this uh, vial as possible I hold the book of light on one hand at my chest and raise uh, my core staff that has the lantern attached to it at the vial as it's flying through the air and cast Eldritch Blast out of the lantern itself. Johnny, as you hold the lantern up, you hear the voice of the Undying Light say, 
You are moving along your path. Keep going. Even when it is dark, keep going. And just the brightest light, blinding and devoid of color, just pure, unadulterated brightness shoots out of the lantern and just blasts the vial. And it explodes. And it vibrates. Even in your muffled pit, it just vibrates and vibrates throughout the entire Coliseum. Even the stadium lights around you seem to get brighter when, as you cast this. Everyone in the audience, including Representative Brink, shields their eyes. Then the vial is gone. And everything's still for a second. And then the ground underneath you starts to rumble. And the mud loses its shape, becomes liquidy, and all four of you start to fall. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fache, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.